The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide, including AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida, KOHI AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon, KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas. And for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net or call toll-free worldwide 1-800-610-7035. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studio in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035 is toll-free worldwide. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. Our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Eugene Crowley. We're going to be talking about Upside Down World, the Loss of Sacred Cosmos, and Eugene was born in St. Joseph, Missouri. He spent 32 years teaching high school English grammar, world literature, and mythology in Chicago. He earned a master's degree in general psychology from Roosevelt University in Chicago. And he's a former member of the Jungian Institute in Evanston, Illinois. Joining us now is Eugene Crowley. And uh, Eugene, welcome to the Exxon. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Great having you with us, uh, Eugene. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and where your interest in uh, the uh, cosmos comes from. Well, I've always been a reader. 
And when I was a kid uh, in the early 50s, I read practically every book in the children's library. Mm -hmm. But then I started, uh, around 1995, started listening to Deepak Chopra. And he was saying some things about the human body and the three parts, the body, mind, and soul. Mm -hmm. And it really intrigued me because it really coincided with many of the teachings that I was familiar with in teaching mythology. And I think the key to Dr. Chopra and Carl Jung um, and the Eastern proponents is that they opened their mind and they saw the world through a different mindset. And when we more or less leave behind what we already know and see the world as somebody else sees it, it opens our minds that we perhaps are seeing the world in the wrong place. And many of these writings coincide with teachings in sacred books. And so the eastern side of the world, the holistic cosmos, they saw themselves connected to the community their society, nature, the stars, and mm -hmm. even the uh, energy, our spirit that connected or that uh, animated or created the universe. And so most proponents of Eastern philosophy, they encourage their followers to latch on to the mind that was in the great prophets and try to eliminate uh, the Western mind's fear, control, and all of these historic... Uh, incidents that we have. All right, stand by, Eugene. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be right back. Exo Nation, right. uh, Eugene Crowley is our special guest. His website is america-book.com. And his book, Upside Down World, The Loss of Sacred Cosmos, is available at amazon.com. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break with Eugene Crowley as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
1-800-610-7035 is worldwide toll-free. Email exxon at xzoneradiotv.com on MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com and our website www.exxonradiotv.com and once again I'd like to welcome CHCRFM 102.9 and FM 104.5 in Killaloe Station in uh, in Ontario that's in the beautiful Ottawa Valley to the Exxon as well as our good friends at KKRP Rainbow 95 that's AM 950 in Oklahoma as our newest affiliates here in the Exxon Eugene Crowley's our special guest www.american-book.com and amazon.com is where you can find Eugene's book. It is entitled Upside Down World, The Loss of the Sacred Cosmos. And Eugene, I was wondering if you could help us to better understand where you're coming from by defining what you, uh, how you would explain a paranormal experience. Yeah, well, many writers in the spiritual movement Mm-hmm. think that we are spiritual beings that should occasionally have a human experience. Right. And in, in our society, we are human beings who occasionally have a spiritual uh, episode. And what I think that these paranormal experiences are is the breaking through of the spirit uh, from the conscious barriers. And we tend to be so rational and so uh, conforming to the ways of our society that we are not aware of the fact that we have more than a body or that our, or that our minds are very, very complicated. And when we, uh, how do you say, connect with the human mind or the human consciousness, it's limited. But as I said before, sometimes we are so forced into conforming mm-hmm. that we become somewhat upset and uh, overwhelmed with the demands of society. But if we hear something inside of us telling, telling us what to do, what we could possibly uh, change in our lives to make better, then we can really use our own intuition and hunches and clues and different things in the environment to expand our horizons. And so it's more or less breaking out of the conditions that we have been trained with in our society to think this way and to be rational and to fear uh, competition. And these things really shut down the spirit or the opportunity to have a paranormal experience. So are you saying that this is more psychological than it actually is actually is paranormal? Well, psychological, again, in, in Western society, psychological may refer to one's behavior, but mm-hmm. in the Eastern world, uh, psychology was related to the soul. Right. And so the soul has so many dimensions. And if we talk to people in our society at Western universities, they will deny the soul, and they more or less will not actually hear out a person who has had these experience, and they will just not exactly laugh, but they would criticize heavily that since they cannot see the soul, they cannot evaluate it, they cannot test it. Mm -hmm. So more or less, these uh, experiences from the paranormal do not really mean that much to Western society, especially academia. So tell me, have you ever had what we call a paranormal experience? And if so, what was it? Well, when I went to... Europe for the first time in 1997, I was in the Louvre, and I spent maybe 
five or six hours in the museum. And the first three or four hours were uh, I was viewing the sculptor and the pieces mm-hmm. of art, and something told me that I wanted to go see the Mona Lisa. So I wanted to go see the paintings. So when I arrived on the floor where the paintings were, the second I was there, I felt like a heavy overcoat being draped over my shoulders. And then I looked at the paintings, and I told myself that it reminded me of a building in Detroit. And as soon as I said that, the area became very, very foggy. And then the paintings uh, disappeared, and they appeared like blank movie screens. And then all of a sudden, the paintings came back, and they were very, the colors were very, very vivid. Mm-hmm. And I thought the, the paintings had come, come to life. And I was going to inform uh, the other tourists that these paintings were coming alive, but somebody says, well, go back to the episode before it disappears, which I did. And then it seems like the paintings formed a waterfall. And before it was coming towards me, and before it reached me, it turned into an orange vapor, and it entered my stomach. And after that, I felt something slap me across the face a couple of times, and it sounded like a wet paintbrush. And I came out of it, and I just had this wonderful feeling that uh, I had had a wonderful change in my life. I didn't know what it was, and I felt like a kid. I felt uh, just restored, and I didn't feel the anxieties and uh, worries that we ordinarily have in our society, but I just felt like I had been uh, restored to a period where everything was just full of fun and magic. So what do you think happened to you, and and how did that event change your life? Well, many people said that I latched on to the emotions of the painter, the painter who did those paintings, but I really, it's hard to say because we cannot predict when these things would happen. And I do remember before I made the trip, I felt like something would happen to me in Europe. And I kept repeating to myself that something was going to click in Europe, something was going to click in Europe. And sure enough, when I did get to um, the Louvre, something did happen. But even before I reached the Louvre, I was in uh, Munich, and I wanted to go to this palace. So I went to a palace, and before I went there, I realized I was going to see my first palace, and I opened my mouth, and tears just came out of my eyes. So the thing that happened, it was like the the uh, the birth or the the uh, the Easterners would call it the Kundalini rising from the base of the spine, the bottom of the spine, and going through the chakra system and making this circular uh, path in my brain. And after that, it was just the birth of the Holy Spirit that the Christians would call. Some people would say it was the opening of the life force. So it's more or less just being reborn in the spirit that it's a mystic um, event and it's just like everything for me is new, and I don't find reason to compete with people. I don't find reason to argue. It's, it's that that the higher spirit is supposed to be in the foreground of 
my character, but when we come back to America and Western culture, it's a very, very difficult thing to withhold because most people are very intolerant of others who have had these experiences or others who just want to uh, voice his own opinion. Mm-hmm. But I still keep this event in my mind, and since it is my true essence, I try not to deviate from this, and I try to live a life of truth, of being happy, of being joyful. And as long as I elevate my mind, I can stay on this level, and it permits me to be creative, it permits me to be outgoing, and to try to instruct others. But it's very difficult because most people are very comfortable in the way they see their own lives, and change for many people is a very threatening thing. But if we keep doing the same thing and not getting any place and not really having happiness in our lives, I think many of us would welcome a change. You talk about human barriers. What are they? Well, we have been told that the human mind can only do so things. We're only human. Mm -hmm. And then most people in our society would like to uh, throw, throw out doubt and fear and warn us that, you know, we can only do so much. So these things are limiting. Plus, our conscious mind is very limited. And if we learn how to latch onto the subconscious, to quiet our minds, we usually are in company with people who talk and talk and compete with one another. And this is not really the reason that we should have conversations. And being uh, spiritually attuned, it's more about the intelligence of the heart. And we just have to be more civil, more polite in letting people express themselves. So this is why I just say that we have to really be true to ourselves, but we also have to be aware of the fact that we have to be civil and polite to people. And the more polite we are, the more our hearts are open, we get more rewards, we get more blessings or more uh, possibilities of having more uh, paranormal experiences. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by, Eugene. Exxon Nation, Eugene Crowley is our special guest. He is the author of Upside Down World, The Loss of the Sacred Cosmos. It's available at American-Books, American-Book, I'm sorry, that's singular, American-Book.com and Amazon.com. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 1-800-610-7035 is worldwide toll-free. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. I'm Rob McConnell, and welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Today on the X-Zone, Bessie, the lake monster of Lake Erie. From the time the ice starts to break and flow on Lake Erie, 
monster trackers start their never-ending quest to prove the existence of Lake Erie's monster, Bessie. When it comes to looking for Bessie, internet provider and developer, Dirk Vanderplug of Hamilton, Ontario, starts his electronic and physical search from his Lake Erie cottage. Using a television camera that is equipped with night vision technology connected to a computer, Vanderplug and his group of dedicated monster trackers around the world spend countless hours watching computer screens in the hope to get a glimpse of the elusive Bessie at www.monstertracker.com. Spring through fall, Vanderplug and people along Lake Erie shoreline continue their search for proof that the elusive and legendary Bessie does in fact exist. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network. UK High Definition Radio. Euro High Definition Radio. And Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. Did you know I'd go to sleep and leave the lights on? Open you come by and Exxon Nation, Eugene Crowley is our special guest. Uh, Eugene is the author of Upside Down World, The Loss of the Sacred Cosmos. It's available at American-Book.com or Amazon.com. Gene, before we go into the commercial break, we were uh, talking about human barriers. Now, you also mentioned the sleeping state. What is that? Yeah, well, our true spirit is mostly asleep. Mm -hmm. And because of this, we feel that we have to have control by the ego. And as I said before, our essence is asleep because most of our society finds this awareness in uh, the conscious mind, the ego. And the ego, again, it slays the uh, spirit. And those, who us, those of us who do wake up, we do have this big conflict with trying to compete with people where we we are just trying to inform them, but they cannot, the conscious mind cannot understand the spirit or the subconscious mind. And because we're asleep, we are not aware of our true center, which is spirit. And many people who are asleep, we believe that, or they believe that the ego is the main uh, organ of identification, but it is it's mm-hmm. the uh, object referral 
uh, Dr. Chopra mentions that the spirit is uh, self-referred, meaning our true self is spirit. And when we identify with this unconditional spirit, we are able to have more experiences, whereas the mind controlled by the ego can only identify with the object. I'm a teacher, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, I'm an accountant, and we more or less define our world through the uh, jobs or the roles that we play, but we are not the roles that we play. We are the spirit that is unconditioned in any uh, thing that we want to accomplish. If we identify with the spirit, we can uh, use our omniscience and for us to do this, we have to eliminate all of our negativities. And then we can be warned by our intuition, by hunches, and uh, perhaps things from the past that the Spirit has done. So, so what, when we... Go ahead. I, I was just going to ask you, uh, Eugene, then what is the difference between religion and spirituality? Well, religion on our side of the, uh, let's say from the Western standpoint, it's going to church and maybe uh, setting aside that one day mm -hmm. for their religious practice. But in the Eastern world, religion means to realign our our minds with the minds of the universe, with the mind of the universal uh, mind. So again, mythologists will say that we are sitting on the seat of forgetfulness because we have forgotten our true identity, which is spirit. So since we are forgetful, we are not aware of the spirit. But as I said before, these paranormal experiences keep breaking through the conscious mind, and we know that there's more to us than what society has told us. So religion in the Western world is just more or less it's uh, of the intellect, whereas in the holistic world, the sacred cosmos, everything was seen in, the, in a religious context because everything was created by the same creator, and they were re all related, interconnected, interdependent on one another. So there was this great care to be very obedient to everything in the society because they were all related. So when this happens, mm -hmm. there is an awareness. We come uh, awake that everything is a part of us. It's part of the universal spirit. So uh, to follow God's will is to be very, very uh, obedient, not to do undue harm to animals, not to destroy nature. If we attack nature, nature uh, retaliates. And so this is why they were more obedient. They were submissive to God's will. They, were, they wanted to live truth. And the whole point of living is to know the truth about ourselves, about nature, about the stars, about the uh, uh, universal spirit, which is all available to everyone if he realigns his mind with that, with the universal mind. What are some of the things that people can do to have more paranormal experiences, in your opinion? There are so many things that we could do. We could meditate. Uh, Silence is one way of connecting to the spirit. Mm -hmm. And I said probably several times today that many people like to talk. They like to convince uh, most people that they know everything. And they want to convince that they are the greatest or the best. And this really shuts down the opportunity to have a paranormal experience. But 
music, astrology, uh, the fine arts, painting, these things are really executed from the higher mind. And many people, especially myself, when I saw the artwork in uh, the Louvre, the art is one way of going from the human experience to the divine, to have this breakthrough, because if we're not judging, we can really get into something. And we really have to take our time, because it seems like we're in a driven society, and we're run by schedules, we're run by deadlines, mm-hmm. and the, the deeper mind does not have time to absorb what's really out there. So it's more or less taking our time, uh, be open, because the spiritual aware person has an open mind. He keeps this balance between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And the many things that people in our society occupy themselves with, they're very, very banal. They're very, very trite. And once we get uh, notice that this really is nothing to uh, make me feel have an experience that is that is let's say different so we try to occupy our minds with something that is meaningful something that will help people and we're really here to be a service to humanity to help humanity to wake up and when we do this even then we feel like we have done something and it helps the other person to eliminate all of his sufferings, because most sufferings are due to the lack of self-knowledge and the lack that, or the fact that we're sleeping, our true essence is sleeping. So we have to encourage people to wake up, to see the world as it really is, not through the eyes of the Western world, but through the eyes of a cosmic uh, awareness and the cosmic, uh, the whole thing about being related to everything in the universe. What was your inspiration for writing Upside Down World, uh, The Loss of the Sacred Cosmos? Well, what's the inspiration? Well, since I retired and I taught English, literature, mythology for 32 years, and then when um, we entered this war in, I guess, with Iraq, I was just really, really upset because here we claim to be the greatest nation on earth, but yet we're fighting. And we, as a society, Western society has not uh, mastered certain laws, especially the mosaic laws. Our society is really based, one foundation of our society is the Old Testament. And the Ten Commandments are our basic moral structures. And if we obey these, if we are obedient to these, then we should be on the path of righteousness. But the whole thing about living is to do the right thing, to obey the laws. And there are so many laws that sacred cultures uh, abided by that we're not aware of. There's cosmic laws, universal laws. And in order to have these experiences, we have to realize that our mind is connected to the mind that created the universe. And the first law of the cosmic laws is the law of mentalism, that uh, we share the mind with God. All is in the all. And if we keep this in mind, then uh, the moral faculty opens up. And we are told from within, don't do particular things. Mm -hmm. Just be obedient, do the right thing. 
Now, as a teacher who taught mythology, now you're, you know, you're writing about the paranormal and you have an interest in the paranormal. Is there a connection or are there similarities between mythology and the paranormal? Well, sure, because mythology is a handbook mm-hmm. for self-development. Our first assignment in life is to find self-knowledge, to actualize the true self, to realize the true self, to wake up this vast amount of spirit that is really unlimited. And mythology will give us a trial. We have to go through the hero's journey as the classical heroes did. And when we go through this journey with different helps from, from the sources of wisdom and the sources of nature, and there's lessons in every part of nature, there's lessons in, in every person we meet, because it's, it's also through problems that we can really uh, have spiritual growth. And this is referred to as a crossroads, meaning that we may have a very, very important issue, and this issue may tell us to do certain things, as kill somebody, or lie, or steal, or cheat. But then our moral factor will tell us this is not right. So we don't do those things that go against the Spirit. We have to be obedient. We cannot be arrogant. And first of all, we have to tame our emotions, and taming one's emotions is more or less one sure way to get to the access of the higher spirit. If we want to retaliate, if we want to do harm to people, this creates bad karma. Mm. So if we keep an open mind, an open heart, it's all related to the heart too, because the heart will tell us that don't do undue harm. This is all, we're all in this one big picture. If we tear one piece of the picture out, it distorts the whole picture. So it's more or less getting attuned to the divine plan. Well, what's the difference then between mythology and religion? Because they both sound alike. Well, again, in the Eastern world, they were all alike. Mythology, philosophy, religion, even even numbers are math. Pythagoras started his philosophy school with numbers. Mm-hmm. From the monad comes all. So from one comes all. We look at, we really have to look at mythology from the esoteric level. We have to look at philosophy from the esoteric level, meaning the hidden meanings. Most people read mythology on the, on the surface level, but it has a deeper meaning. But you're right, mythology is, again, a handbook for the true self to awaken. And when the true self is awakened, we have this new energy. We have a new self to identify, and we go back to our society to offer this gift to other people so they can eliminate their sufferings and so their higher consciousness may open. Sounds like it's a matter of simple perception. It's more of a... As I said before, we often tell children to behave, mm-hmm. but it's more it's, it's having adults who are in charge of our society. We have to remember that a nation, especially a secular nation, their rules override the rules that the, the sacred cultures develop. And when uh, this happens, there's just chaos in our society. 
And many people in our society feel like, well, if everyone uh, believes in war, if, if everyone believes in racism, if everyone believes in uh, killing, well, that's acceptable. That's okay. But it's wrong from the Eastern stand- standpoint. All right, stand by, Eugene. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exonation. Nation, interesting conversation with our guest this hour, Eugene Crowley. He's the author of Upside Down World, The Loss of the Sacred Cosmos www.american-book.com and his book is also available at amazon.com We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we do our wrap-up for tonight, Monday, August the 23rd in the year 2010. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. Don't go away. It's the last time that I'll tell you just how much I really Exonation, Eugene Crowley is our special guest to this hour. He's the author of Upside Down World, The Loss of the Sacred Cosmos. For more information, visit American-Book.com and you can order Upside Down World at Amazon.com. Gene, um, you also talk in your book about the importance of being centered. Now, what is being centered and why is it so important? Well, like I said... uh our spirit is our center, and when we live out the center, we live mm-hmm. in truth. We live, let's say, our moral faculty is open, our heart is open, and it's all about opening the mind. When we close our mind, we're not centered. We're in the ego, and the ego, again, is not oh, okay. our true identity. We are spiritual beings, and as I said earlier in the program, we should be having spiritual episodes or experiences all of our lives. But because we are in a society that does not understand spirit, that is a very rational society, we are not centered. So it's the idea of just being mature, because we know as, as adults, we're not supposed to do certain things. We're right. not supposed to even express anger uh, in society. We're not supposed to lie. And much of our society reminds me of this book it's called The Culture of Lies, and they emphasize the banal and the brutal of nationalism permeating all parts of the society where brothers are killing brothers and people are just really very violent. So if we eliminate the violence out of our thoughts, because 
most people are, un, are unaware of the fact that our speech, the words that we think, the thoughts that we think, have a profound effect on us and on others. And many of us are unaware of the fact that what we say often comes to pass. So we have to be careful. We have to watch our speech. We have to stay centered. We have to use the great prophets from the past as models. And many of us live in a Christian nation, but we don't have the Christ consciousness. So if we are true Christians, we have this Christ consciousness, and we pattern our lives after the Christian Savior who always told his followers that it wasn't he who did these works, it was the Father within. So we all have this Father within. And if we do this work that will bring peace to everyone, then we are centered. I want to thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight, Eugene. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. I wish you much uh, continued success, and we look forward to the next time you join us here in the Exxon. Well, thank you, and I look forward to talking to, to you again. I really appreciate your talk, and I hope, as I said before, that everybody finds enlightenment and that we will have a new society where everyone will realize what it means to be brothers and to uh, love everyone as God loves us. Take care of yourself, Eugene. Look forward to speaking right, to you in the future. Bye-bye now. Eugene Crowley has been our guest this hour, and uh, his book, which is entitled... Upside Down World, The Loss of the Sacred Cosmos is available at Amazon.com. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. So until tomorrow night, as once again our, you know, our, our, we meet here in the time-space continuum in this place that I call the X-Zone, I'd like you to always to remember to take care of yourself and always keep the, uh, your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night now.